0: This episode's sponsor is the Maryland chapter of the National Electrical Contractors Association. Maryland Nico works to advance our industry through advocacy, education, research, and marketing. By teaming up with IBUW, they promote higher standards, quality workmanship, and unparalleled training for a skilled workforce. Hey y'all, welcome to the Build Your Path podcast. I'm your host, Emma Shirey, and today I'm with Steve Montgomery. Steve, tell me a little bit about you. What do you do? Where do you work? All that.
1: Yeah, thanks, Emma, for having me. Um, as, as you said, my name is Steve Montgomery, and I am the CEO of Building Point Northeast. Uh, Building Point, um, as, as a distribution channel, is Trimble's uh, go-to-market um, solution provider for all tech as it relates to vertical construction. So here at Building Point Northeast, we focus on bringing a various um, line of different solutions To the commercial construction space from the college park-ish maryland area through up through the state of connecticut
0: so steve what is vertical construction as opposed to horizontal construction how is that
1: yeah so it's everything up out of the ground so heavy highway civil work um, site work that is what you would what you would call that horizontal construction and Trimble has a a channel that is very specified and um, skilled in in that that area and they bring solutions to them. Um, Like when you see GPS units or whatnot on top of Moto graders or bulldozers or whatnot, that is Trimble tech that comes from a different vertical. Whereas we are focusing on the trades that start with concrete, and go up through, you know, the higher divisions, into the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing.
0: Oh, cool! So, anything that like an MEP person would do would all be vertical, right?
1: Correct. yeah. Anything from concrete to masonry to structural steel to um, the interiors and the carpentry to mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire protection, um, any of those trades. Super cool.
0: So. Um, you're now CEO. How did you get there? Like, where did you start? Have you always been in construction? Were you a career changer? What's all that about?
1: Yeah. So not a, um, traditional career path to, to get to where I'm at, but very few of them are. Yeah, this, this is true. Um, but it is something that I'm passionate about as far as telling that story, because, um, there is something to be said for finding your path, defining your path and knowing how to navigate that path and and accruing valuable knowledge along the way and eliminating the noise to continue to um, make those progressions in your career. So um, as a kid, I was an excellent artist and like a lot of kids these days is um they get into a particular field because a family member or a friend has has said to them, like, you should be an engineer because you're good in math or you should be an architect because you're good at drawing um, and not knowing any better. I was like, absolutely. I want to be an architect until I went to school for architecture. And mm-hmm. then I quickly realized that um, I did not want to be an architect. And, you know, I would say. If it weren't for my parents keeping me on course saying, well, that's fine, but we're not going to start over two years into college, um, find some offshoots. What are some other areas that that shoot off of architecture? For example, maybe construction that you can leverage, you know, your, de- your degree in and, and still work in the same field, but maybe not per se be an architect. And, you know, I, so I stayed that course. And, you know, when you're learning architecture and construction in school, there's a lot of really different paths you can go down. Um, and, and I started it, it probably the one of the lower levels, which was as a geotechnical engineer doing like testing and inspection for soils, concrete, and structural steel, which really gave me like a foothold in the industry in Baltimore, working on you know mid-sized to large-sized construction projects alongside you know, the, the largest GCs and trades and all the way down to the smaller GCs and trades, you know, in, in the Baltimore, greater Baltimore region. Um, that opened some doors for me, you know, meeting those people, talking to people, never ignoring, you know, the, the older generation that was, you know, telling stories about, you know, how things work, um, where the voids are in the industry. And, and so from there, I just made some, some changes as mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to work for a demolition contractor as an assistant project manager, which kind of taught me a different facet from what happens inside the office to what happens in the field to then working for a large concrete contractor in the area mm-hmm. as an estimator. So that gave me another different vantage yeah. point um, to working for a large GC in constr- GCCM in this area and starting as a project engineer and working my way up through um, giving me a whole different vantage point of the industry until my eyes were turned to the world of technology as it relates to the construction industry.
0: And I think that's so important. So you've hit on so many amazing things. I was just talking with someone about Um, actually in our last episode of Build Your Path or a couple episodes when you guys listen to this um, with Matt Carley, we were talking a lot about the importance of mentorship. And a lot of that is based on the stories that you're telling, right? Hearing um, the good parts of the industry, but also the woes, right? And so a lot of kind of the struggle or the challenges that people faced when you maybe started, you're now working in building point and moving forward in this kind of technological advancement, how to work past those challenges. And I think that that's super cool. And that all came right from listening to um, people who knew more than you at the time and in so many directions. So I really, it's exciting to hear all about how you went from architecture all the way around the circle and then back to something that's so kind of expansive and exciting. So I love that.
1: Yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed solving problems and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the the mathematical engineering side of my mind is is solving prob- problems and being kind of a critical thinker and you know, being when I worked for the construction management firm, I was you know, let's say the youngest one of the younger people in the office. So um 20 plus years ago when people were just using Excel and basic office applications and and getting into project management software. Naturally, anything that related to a computer came to me. Mm -hmm. How do we do this? You know, the young guy knows how to do it. Probably no different than me asking my kids, how do I do something on my phone? Um,
0: I feel like that happens a lot with Gen Z now, too. It's like they're always the ones who are trying to figure out how to run. The programs, or like they're the tech people, right, running the Zoom and stuff. So that's funny. I'm sure listeners relate.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it it ends, and so my company was implementing project management software, and they made me the lead of that. And I just found what the consultant I worked with, what he did day to day, is very fascinating. Is sitting down with all types and sizes of construction companies to understand their business processes and how um, technology can play a part in that Mm -hmm. and help them with their business processes and streamline them and help them overcome obstacles and the hurdles that they may have as well as you know um, standardizing things so as, as companies scale you didn't have to learn 10 different ways of doing things depending on the 10 different people that you reported up to. So I, I I really found that interesting. And I was offered a chance to leave construction and head into technology. And I spent about 16 years of my career doing that, implementing project management software. And I, I've I've worked with companies all over the world and all the way up to the ENR number one company. So I've worked with the largest to the smallest. And I will say that knowledge that I gained over those years of sitting in boardrooms with operations and finance and estimating and just listening to how they do things um, was probably not even probably was, was definitively provided me with more knowledge than what I ever learned, like in a textbook.
0: Right. Well, and that totally makes sense too, especially as someone who's looking to problem solve it. Look, it sounds like your whole career has been this like culmination of collecting all of these problems. And then now you get to do something with them. And I think like with the help of technology and all of that, because as, as you've been talking, I'm thinking about the different ways that technology helps us. Right. So it helps us from obviously, you get something done faster, more efficiently, whatever. But it's also such a people process, right? Because you're listening to these people discuss their challenges or the things that they need, um, and then you get to transform that. Is that. Has that been in your experience?
1: Yeah, very much so. So you 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 touched on two very key words there to me. Um, one was help and one was listening, um, both very important parts of of that role. And Mm -hmm. part of, you know, the trajectory that I was on is, you know, we, we, we've all sat in the meetings where there is someone that, you know, self-identifies as the smartest person in the room and you never want (laughs) to, you never want to be that person. And especially when you're sitting in a room with C-level people that have been doing construction at a very high level for 25, 30, 35 years, you know, you do not know more about the industry than they do. So you need to listen and you need to listen to their challenges and and what their goals and objectives are. But you also need to listen to the assistant superintendent who may only have five years of experience and what his needs and what his challenges are and find a way to rise the tide for all boats in a way that it's productive for for everyone, not leaving any one person behind. Um, And then, the to the word help is one thing that just the industry has to be continually reminded is that technology is not ever going to solve your problem it is not intended to solve problems it is meant to help in solving problems it is it is another tool in your tool bag so in, in in the trades there's no one tool in your tool bag that solves your problem of doing your job you have a bunch of tools that you use together to accomplish, you know, what you're trying to, to build. So I think those two points are, are really important to, to understand.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So talking about tools, we have to talk about my favorite tool that you work with, the robot dog. What's his name?
1: That's Spot. So Spot, Spot is, Spot is a Boston Dynamics product um, solution. And, um, you know, Spot has become famous way outside of, you know, the confines of Building Point Northeast and its, its territory. But, you know, Spot has been in Katy Perry videos, Sam Adams commercials. Um, I think there's some pistachio commercials recently that you see Spot in. Um, Spot's been on a pretty big stage. And um, Trimble has a strategic relationship with boston dynamics to develop construction-based solutions solutions together and by that i mean boston dynamics has one partner in this space and that's trimble and trimble has one partner in this space and it's in boston dynamics and they have their development teams sitting in each other's offices co-developing products um by nature of where this tech is being used in it's like kind of, let's call it beginning stages, um, the joint venture can beginning stages. It it comes to us in this vertical construction portfolio with Trimble.
0: So super layman's terms for the audience. Like what does Spot do on a job site?
1: Spot allows you to incorporate full autonomy into a project so there are various tasks and we'll use 3d laser scanning for example where you're building a project and you need to continually scan the space for progress scans or as building scans what it allows us to do is to place a trimble 3d laser scanner on spot fully integrated with the technology of spot and create autonomous missions, so we can tell Spot you let's take like a data hall in a data center. We can say, Spot, here is the path you need to walk, and at each one of these waypoints or stops, you stop, perform a scan, and then move on. When your battery gets low, you return to your 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 base or your docking station, which Spot intelligently knows how to find. Um, Sit down, charge yourself. When you get charged again, you get up and move on and continue. Pick up where you left off. So imagine in the morning coming in and a fully registered point cloud, which is, which is, you know, the the end result of of laser scanning. Essentially, doing all these scans and then stitching them together. Um, imagine coming in in the morning and that's sitting in the cloud waiting for you, complete and then you go to work and then at night spot does that again and continues to do so Um, it also really helps in uh, dangerous situations so areas that maybe you don't want to send a a person into scanning in a tunnel um, imagery you know in mining there there are a lot of areas where it's just easier to um, put the robot into
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in and, and control than putting a person in harm's way. So yeah. going back to my previous comment is it's not solving a problem. It's helping
0: mm-hmm.
1: towards the greater good of, of everything. And as you know, and this goes for all of the technology, not just spot, is there is there are shortages with skilled labor. So what this does is we're freeing people up. So rather than you taking a skilled labor who is very valuable to you to, as maybe a pipe fitter
0: mm-hmm.
1: and having them doing layout or scanning or doing this work, we have the tools do that, or we have spot do that. And it allows them to focus on being a pipe fitter,
0: yeah. you know? Well, and we talk a lot about like safety and wellness in the construction industry. And so I feel like that's a big one too, is using, um, these types of technology like spot that can help set us up for success when it comes to safety. Has that been something like a big selling point of spot for you all?
1: It, it has. Um, we, we have certainly um, worked with a, a bunch of companies that have, let's say work in nuclear facilities or um, maybe in clean rooms or Things like that, where we can send spot in. Um, not that a clean room is a dangerous spot, but you put it in once and you don't have to worry about it again. Yeah. But in a nuclear facility, where spot can stay inside the um, the confined area and do its job, and you operate that from from outside. Um, you know, we we have used spot for some services that we do, where we've had to do scanning in like tight spaces
0: mm. and
1: being able to send spot in to do you know those confined space type scans um, or or collect f- um, photographs is is yeah it is it has definitely been a selling point but the big one has in and, and honestly like when you talk about spot and the adoption of technology and spots about is complex as it comes today in mm. in this construction tech world yeah um it's naturally adopted from the top down from the large companies that have teams that um they can just dedicate to to working with that so you know where we're really seeing it you know get its legs is in data center construction so Mm -hmm. um these massive facilities that they're constantly scanning, constantly documenting the construction process and, and progress. Um, that, that, that's been one area where we've, where we've had a lot of interest and a lot of work.
0: I love that. I love spot. I know there's probably so many other things you could talk about, but, um, and I'm definitely going to pause this recording earlier. Like when we, um, Get it cut because i am gonna have to show everyone who spot is and the new build your path guidebook volume five top secret not really spot is on the cover of that which was donated to us uh by building point so that was kind of the beginning of this podcast was steve and i were talking about how much i love spot and how um Apparently, so you were telling me when Steve and I met, you guys, he was saying that um, Spot like stops job sites and like to to take a photo, the photo that we're using for the guidebook volume five, that you had to go on like a random day that they weren't working. Tell us a little bit about what kind of, I don't know, like the funny parts of having this robot dog that goes on job sites.
1: Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, it, it, it will stop a job site dead dead in its track. So we 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 have learned and and it's not just a job site. If we're out in our back parking lot, um maybe testing spa or loading spa into spot has his own van that he, he rides in. Um the businesses around us, you'll see them outside with their phones, like taking videos, taking pictures. It's you know, it's one of these tools that when you see it on tv and you see it dancing and uh i think it was like in the sam adams commercial during the super bowl two years Mm -hmm. ago you're like "Hmm, that seems that's cool that's gimmicky that's animation at its best right um this thing this spot is so incredibly legitimate and real it everything you see is exactly what it does it it's um it's kind of eerie how lifelike it behaves. Um, and that goes, you know, for all three of the Boston Dynamic Solutions. They are extremely lifelike. Um, but.
0: Wait, what other it, ones do they have? So they have a dog.
1: So they have a dog and then they have um, Stretch. And then they have Atlas. And Atlas is the one you've probably seen recently in tv where it's like almost in a ninja warrior course
0: oh okay. it's
1: very human it's a humanoid um it runs it jumps it box jumps it can do flips
0: crazy.
1: it can dance to any kind of music you put on you're when you see it in person it's hard to separate that it's not a person in a costume that How lifelike crazy. and how well it behaves um and then they have one that um is used in shipping terminals or, you know, unloading tractor trailers. So it goes in, it pulls a conveyor belt behind it. It looks at all the boxes or the load it scans, it finds out what's the next best box. It grabs it, picks it, puts it on the conveyor belt behind it and gives it a shove and unloads it off the truck. Um, and even if it drops one, it picks the one up off the floor (laughs) before it grabs the next one off the wall or, or stacked, let's say. So, um, it's, it's incredibly real. And that's, that's the thing for people to understand is, yes, can we have fun with it? Can we make spot dance? Can we make spot do fun things? A hundred percent. But it's, it's a real tool. It is a real tool with years, years, um, 30 plus years of R&D and development that have gone into it to make it extremely lifelike. Um, You know, when I've had it at events before, people are like, thing's not real and i'm like shove it you know if you shove spot spot will keep his footing spot will adjust himself and keep his footing like he's very difficult to shove over or almost impossible um if he uh, on on the job site that you had mentioned where we captured that photograph um spot fell down the stairs um we have a private video of that but spot fell down the stairs it was a a set of stairs that went up to a landing turned went up and up and in construction you know a lot of times you just have two by four Mm handrails you know so he he doesn't like it when he can't see his surroundings Mm -hmm. and off the left side of his cameras it just looks like open space into a stairwell and he freaked out and fell down the stairs but after you realize that your very expensive robot just fell down the stairs, um, there's a button to, to for him to like right himself.
0: So mm-hmm. he will
1: kick his legs around and Spot will turn and stand right back up.
0: That is so crazy. And I'm and, like feeling emotional for Spot falling down the stairs too. So it shows how <laughs> lifelike this thing is.
1: <laughs> probably not nearly as emotional as I felt watching him fall down the stairs. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's it's cool. But, you know, when you when you think again about like in safe in 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 safe situations is if that was a human that falls down the stairs, we have probably lost lost a day of productivity out of that person.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, if not more, if they're if not, not more, seriously right. injured.
0: And that's Spot, a whole person's life. Spot can just push a button and reboot.
1: <clears throat> yeah, he has some scuffs on his plastic. Um, he gets back up. And goes right back up the stairs you know repeat so um yeah we, we we've had a lot of fun with them we've had a lot of fun with them at schools um you know we have spoke spoken to the engineering group in the robotics classes at notre Dame preparatory school mm-hmm. um, we spoke to the engineering all the engineering um, students at um, archbishop Curley we have done things at elementary schools spot has taken out the first pitch to the i think it's the allentown iron pigs or the lehigh valley iron oh, pigs the minor league baseball um, where he's taken the ball out to the mound for the first pitch um, really good with the kids doesn't bite um, you know probably in the grand scheme of things a lot cheaper than the than a than a child um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, we we've had a lot of fun with them. Mm-hmm. And, and and the key is for us and for me, the, the thing I feel very strongly about is educating the future generations that construction is not some dirty blue-collar world. Mm-hmm. And that there are a lot of opportunities and high paying opportunities, whether it be working in the trades as a tradesman, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with, or Being a person that is, loves technology, loves maybe playing video games and I'm handing you a tablet that is just like your gaming device Mm -hmm. and having you go out and do productive things with it. So it's really to kind of open eyes that there's a lot more to this industry and not just for, you know let's call it what used to be either someone that went to school for engineering or someone that uh, went right into the trades as a carpenter, let's say right out of high school.
0: There's so so much in between and so many, I mean, I even think almost every interest that you have could be put into the construction world in some capacity, right? You started with as an artist, um, and you're not the first person I talked to recently. I've met a lot of people who were like, "Oh, I was an artist or i I wanted to be an art teacher and then somehow ended up in construction and and do it all now. Um, so that's really awesome
1: yeah it's 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 that non-traditional path mm-hmm. for me, I did not know what the end game could be. Right. I did not know when i when i when I came out of college. And knew I did not want to be an architect, and knew I wanted to be in the construction space. I did not know that this technology was a thing, and in a lot of in a lot of ways, it's it wasn't a thing. Right. Right. It's no secret that the construction industry is lagging behind much of the other industries um, when it comes to technology adoption. Um, but I kind of found that path by mm. by just continuing to keep my head down and to listen to people. Um,
0: well, I think it's, it's important. Go ahead. I,
1: I was. Just, I think it's important for the future workforce um, to understand this is an option. You, mm. you, you know, you can go into school knowing when you come out. I want to be in construction, but I want to be on the technology side of construction.
0: Yeah. Well, and so much is evolving in construction that, like, there are ga- there are people listening to this podcast right now whose life path and career path is not made yet right? If you were listening to this podcast, when you were in architecture school, the companies that you're working with all the time, they didn't even know the problems existed that could be helped. Right. So um, that's, I mean, I think that that's really important too. And even though we are behind technologically, that leaves so much room for our, the young people now to really be thought leaders and game changers when it comes to technological advancements and and everything. So I think that that's really, it's, it actually makes construction more exciting because it's not right. as involved.
1: Yeah. And I, and I can tell you, um, you know, a lot of times people ask me, what do you see is kind of like, what is your biggest hurdle is, is mm-hmm. a business owner um, in what you do day to day. And it's, it's, you know, yeah. a lot of people would think that it's, it's trying to shift the mindset of, the construction industry that they need to be using the various solutions we have to make their jobs more productive um and and utilizing their people better um or you know people will be like wow you know a, a robotic total station for performing layout on construction projects is i don't know let's say $45,000 um must be really hard to sell that and it's the reality of it is it's it's not like you know, showing the value of what these tools can provide is not the hard part. The number one question and the number one barrier is, hmm, who am I going to get to run this? Who am I going to get to do this? And as I mentioned before, the big companies, they have people mm-hmm. that can do that. The mid-sized and and especially the, the small market, um, they don't you know, where the mm-hmm. owner of a concrete company also is a foreman and works mm-hmm. on the job. He doesn't have an extra body sitting around to do layout. Um, you know, so there's so much opportunity for people coming into the workforce where these companies are looking for people to operate this type of technology. And I will tell you, they're, you know, they're not bad paying jobs either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you hit the nail on the head when you look at the curve of technology adoption, right, is we are just starting to climb the hill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We are nowhere near the top of that hill and we're right. nowhere near where it plateaus and kind of stays the same for a long time. We are just scratching the surface um, of of what we can do so, in the majority.
0: Yeah. So what types of people, like what qualities are employers looking for when it comes to running these kind of systems or or working on all of this? What is, what qualities would you look for as like your ideal candidate to have someone take that over?
1: So it's the person that is not afraid to quit. And by quit in this capacity, I'm talking about like they, they, they get it, they, they meet a hurdle and they don't stop. And say, I got to call tech support, or I have to call this person, or I have to call that person. It's that person that, like, is a thinker that can push through it, that understands that, you know, with technology, there's very little, little that you're going to do that we that can't be undone, right? You're not going to break something. It's, it's, it's that person that is the opposite of, let's say, my parents that are, oh, I didn't want to open that email because I didn't know what it would do. Just open it like the worst it's gonna do is screw something up that we can reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's that person. It's that person that is a critical thinker, that person that can work through challenges, um, and it's the person that can kind of think about how you take a, a specific task with technology, how you can incorporate that into the greater workflow of the company in which you're working for so how can i collect data let's say that solves the immediate problem or the immediate task that we're, we're working towards and how can i leverage that same data and help maybe an estimating department as well right so like how do i incorporate this data data is useless if you if it just sits in the cloud Yeah, the data, you know, the data is very beneficial if we leverage it for, you know, one or multiple tasks or reasons.
0: Yeah. So being like a forward thinker and um, I've been thinking a lot about failing forward um, and how you can keep messing up, right, as many times as you want, but just do it ahead, right? Just do it and make the choice and um, fail fast, fail hard, and then fix it and get it
1: back on but not be afraid to right Right. i think that's ultimately the thing you know we we are in a very niche industry with what we do with technology and construction and you know we we don't have a large pool that we hire people out of Um, it's it's a very big challenge for us as, as a business is finding the right people and we failed slow. We failed very fast. Um, we have we failed in a bunch of different capacities. Yeah. What we've ultimately learned from the type of person, right? And you know, after I've been in this technology space for about twenty-five years, but from a building point capacity, about eight years. Um, I hired a lot of people. We've made a lot of mistakes. But what we've ultimately come down to is you need the right core person. So we don't need a person that necessarily understands construction. Do we need a person that's not afraid to walk around a construction site and be safe and be cognizant of what's going on around them? Absolutely. So, you know, I say someone that's doesn't have their, their nose buried in their phone, but that's looking up, that's looking, that's learning, that's seeing what others are doing um, to Handing a piece of technology and having the curiosity to want to understand it, Mm -hmm. you know, take it out in their back lawn, take it to a park and just try things and fail and and figure things out. Right. So just that desire and drive is is really what we look for. um, Really what we look for.
0: Awesome. So one more question for you. What advice would you give to someone looking to enter the construction industry and specifically your role or your team or the technology aspects of the construction industry?
1: Yeah. So I I would say in general
0: Mm
1: -hmm. is never, never, never pigeonhole yourself into, let's say a specialty, or this is just the one thing I want to do Um, it's it's very similar to the advice I've given both of my kids with sports both of my daughters is never be that person that says I can only play this one position be that person that understands all the positions you may play one of them better than the other but understand it all you're more valuable to an employer you're more valuable to a coach if you're like well we have a void here I need you to go fill that void. And if you can say yes to that, which most people can't because they pigeonhole themselves. um, You know, you're, you're, you're going to find a a great path forward for yourself Um, with technology in particular, it is, you know, cut through the noise. There's a lot of noise is all it takes me is about three minutes on LinkedIn before my frustration level is through the roof um so many technology providers like us Mm. pushing information out Mm. like we can do this buy this solution try this solution the reality is a lot of it is noise a lot of it's not real a lot of it is trying to get customer adoption because it, it it funds venture or private you know money to continue to grow businesses is Pay attention to what's real. Pay attention to what's changing the game today. Keep an eye down the road as to where the industry is going, But and that's kind of that noise,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: focus on what's real. What can we do today? What problems can we solve with what's available to us today? Because there is a large majority of the construction industry that needs help there, that needs yeah. help solving the problems with tools and technology that are available today.
0: Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so, so, so much for joining us today. The Build Your Path podcast is excited to always bring you all everything that you need to set yourself up for success in the construction industry and beyond. So thank you, Steve, and we'll see you soon.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: Feeling inspired and looking to build your own path? Visit buildyourpath.org or follow our socials. Get out there, dig in, and I'll see you soon for another episode of the Build Your Path podcast.